A young college-aged man leads the Indian dude and Justin into a small room. There's a folding table with a platter of crudite. Here's the green room. You guys can get settled in here and I'll come back for you when we're ready to begin. Who's moderating one more time? William Randall. He's a professor in the political science department. Thanks. So, how does it feel to be the most hated person on campus? They hate Icarus way more than me. Have you seen these protesters' tweets? The Black Students' Union calls you a racist, transphobic insult comic. I've been shutting down drunk hecklers for a decade. I think I can handle articulate questions from the Young Democrats Club. Also, man, I just wanted to say thank you. For what? The Justin Faxon endeavor would have gone bankrupt if you hadn't reached out. I was back to booking birthday clowns and wedding bands. You don't have to thank me. I was a dick to you. I blew the whole Jimmy gig. The least I could do was bring you back on board for the next step. Yeah. As soon as everyone found out you were my client, all the clubs avoided me like the plague. You really turned things around for both of us. Aryan Wajika, I presume. I've been dying to meet you, darling. Icarus Christakis, your reputation precedes you. For a good reason. I'm a very dangerous faggot. Has the bothersome Jew arrived? Here I am, you anti-Semitic fuck. <clears throat> Ezra Katz, good to meet you. Aryan Rajshakar, likewise. I understand you're new at this, so I'll let you in on a little secret. These students are going to come at you with all kinds of questions. The key to winning each argument is staying cool and using their own logic against them. Especially if the poor snowflakes get triggered. It's fundamental that you keep calm. They want to silence us in the name of civil discourse, and it's our job to show the world that they themselves are the ones who are incapable of just that. Gotcha, yeah, I've done crowd work before in the clubs. I know how to make fun of the audience. Lovely. That'll get you very far in this world, my dear. Maybe for you. But unlike Icarus, I don't need to offend anyone to win an argument. There's a difference between trolling, ad hominem attacks, and other logical fallacies versus actually proving people wrong. Cunt. I'm Justin. All right, gentlemen, we're all set. Professor Randall is going to introduce you and then invite each of you out on stage one by one. Are you ready? Let's fuck. The auditorium at Aubrey University. On stage, a wooden lectern adjacent to three chairs. Welcome all to the Aubrey University Federalist Society's final panel event of the fall semester. As always, I'm your host and moderator this afternoon, William Randall, Associate Professor of Political Theory and Director of the Heritage Institute of Intellectual Diversity. Today we are joined by three outspoken conservative minds for what should be a lively, enlightening discussion. First, we are privileged to have with us a former editor of Snyder News and current editor-in-chief of The Daily Conduit. He has written several best-selling books, the most recent of which Collegiate Catastrophe, The Death of Discourse in Higher Education, is a New York Times bestseller. Please welcome Ezra Katz. Next, I'm delighted to introduce a rambunctious man, to say the least. He is a prominent political commentator from across the pond and a former columnist for Snyder News. Mainstream media has dubbed him the world's biggest troll. Please welcome Icarus Christakis. Last but certainly not least, we are very lucky to have with us today an emerging yet exciting voice in American conservatism. He's a stand-up comedian and actor turned polemicist and free speech activist. Please welcome Aryan Rajchakar. 
We're elated to have you three with us today. As per usual, I will engage our panelists in a conversation on the current American political climate. Afterward, we'll ideally have some time for an audience Q&A session. So, speakers, shall we begin? I can hardly contain my excitement. <laughs> Wonderful. To start, the three of you have spoken extensively on the hypocrisy of the left in regards to political correctness and free speech. I'd like each of you to delve into the nuance among your views. Would you mind starting us off, Aryan? Yes. Um, as many of you have probably heard by now, my unexpected foray into the world of free speech activism was the direct result of my failed career in comedy. I was performing in clubs all over New York, and over the course of nine years, I could see these toxic changes taking place, you know, changes in the American sense of humor. My audiences laughed at fewer and fewer jokes, and the only hackneyed jokes that got laughs were pointed at this administration, the right, and white Americans. Comedians were pandering at this point, pandering to audiences who preferred validation over provocation, and clapter over laughter. There were all these unspoken rules that we were supposed to follow, things we could talk about, things we had to avoid, and things reserved for comedians of specific identities to speak on. You know, my audience had become an ultra-liberal echo chamber, so I decided to escape and instead commit my career to deconstructing political correctness and liberal hypocrisy. Very brave. Very brave. Icarus. I'd like to dive right in and say that anyone who asks for a safe space or a trigger warning should be immediately expelled. You cannot attend university if you cannot handle the requirements of a course. If you find yourself becoming offended by course material or a faculty member's comment, ask yourself, why am I here? If I don't want to discover new ways of looking at the world, isn't that what a liberal arts education is for? Ezra? I agree. Universities are catering way too much to sensitive, short-sighted, and extremely privileged students. Let me be very clear. Facts do not care about your feelings. If you cannot deal with disagreement or an opinion that's not as close-minded as yours, you should not be at school and you should not join the workforce. It's mind-boggling to me the amount of security guards that were required to escort me into this building today. Do I seem like a physical threat to anybody? The last time I was in a fight, I was 14 years old. I was two years younger than everybody in my high school class, and I was getting my ass kicked. We're not violent people. Trust me. I know violence. My father abused me repeatedly. Uh, yeah, I was, uh, uh I, I was bullied too. Stop treating us like criminals. The only crime we're guilty of, if anything, is thought crime. But this isn't some Orwellian dystopia. This is a country that's built on rational debate and deliberation. This is America. A recent phenomenon that's emerged on several college campuses and also in the broader public is a campaign to sanitize our history by renaming buildings and removing statues that honor American leaders who are now regarded as controversial in hindsight such as General Robert E. Lee, Vice President John C. Calhoun, and President Woodrow Wilson. What does this accomplish? Absolutely nothing. 
You cannot reckon with the sins of yesterday by erasing all the evidence. And history is always much more complicated than liberals make it out to be. The instinct to rename Columbus Day Indigenous Peoples Day is well-meaning, but ultimately very ignorant of Columbus's importance to American history beyond his discovery of the Americas and, yes, genocide of the Arawak Indians at his hands. Italian Americans, who were treated as poorly as blacks in the 19th century, began celebrating Christopher Columbus as an important figure in the American mythos in order to achieve inclusion in the national community. Columbus Day isn't so much a day in which we celebrate Columbus as much as it is a day in which we celebrate Italian Americans and their important contributions to our society, the same way we celebrate the Irish on St. Patrick's Day. This makes me very reluctant to rename Columbus Day. Without Italians, there'd be no pizza, no spaghetti and meatballs, and most tragically, no Al Pacino. America itself is named after an Italian dude. Amerigo Vespucci was an Italian explorer who figured out that the New World was not Asia, but actually two entirely different continents. Plus, all this renaming, redoing, where does it stop? You know, where do we draw the line? Are we seriously living in a society where things aren't allowed to be products of their times? You're gonna wrap a burqa around the Statue of Liberty? <laughs> Carve a vulva into the Washington Monument? <laughs> It's a slippery slope. Fascist. Excuse me. Please. We're the There'll fascists. There'll be time for a Q&A at the end of the discussion. No, no. I want this unsung hero to speak loud and clear. Give him a chance. You guys are aiding and abetting white supremacy. Oh, speak up, sweetheart. I can barely hear you. Can someone get this poor man a microphone before he cries? <laughs> By refusing to rename anything, you're encouraging people to continue honoring fundamentally flawed people Speak and perpetuating the systemic slowly, white supremacist pumpkin. structure Don't of our country. Don't hurt yourself. America has a systemically white supremacist structure? This is definitely news to me. Well then, since you're an American, you must also be a white supremacist. What? No, that's not what I meant. But that's exactly what you said. Now. Is there a question? Or did you just want everyone to give you the space to process your feelings? Let me finish. The three of you have made multiple racist comments in the past. How are we to believe that anything you say is truly anti-racist? You're telling me I'm racist? Honey, I've sucked more black cock than the entire Kardashian family. While I certainly don't think sexualizing black people qualifies someone as an anti-racist, Icarus does have a point. Though we've all commented on the nature of race in America, nothing any of us have said is actually racist. I oppose reparations, not because I hate black people, but because no one has come up with a viable way in which to implement that policy. Does it apply to all black people or just the descendants of slaves? If it's the latter, Barack Obama would not receive reparations. Not that he should. Furthermore, do all Americans pay for reparations, even though many of us, Icarus, my parents, and Arian's parents included, hadn't even immigrated to the US until after emancipation? Raising these important questions doesn't make me, or anyone, a racist. Plus, do we just hand them cash? Or would Popeye's gift cards do the trick? <laughs> In all seriousness, we as a society have yet to find a way to talk about race without intense suspicion of one another. There are important discussions that we need to have, 
the Liberals refuse to participate in simply because they're uncomfortable. We spent billions on the war on poverty. The result? 70% of black children are born into single mother households. It would appear as though black people do not have the willpower to pull themselves together out of poverty. Because I refuse to believe that they're biologically inferior, somehow I've contended for a long time that black culture is the reason for these disparities. Rap music has thrust black artists into unimaginable wealth and fame, but has done absolutely nothing, if not immeasurable harm, to the black community itself. I disagree. Many people who criticize rap music and the role that it plays in our culture do not listen to it, okay? And even if they tried, they wouldn't understand it. Oftentimes, it's not even meant for the people listening to it. It's a legitimate channel through which the black community can express their frustrations with the hardships of their lives. They're not encouraging violence, they're, they're lamenting it. But the next step would be for these artists to encourage positivity and mental health within the black community. And that's something I'm barely seeing. If they want to make a positive contribution to their community, they need to stop complaining and start promoting positivity and productivity. Suddenly, 20 protesters barge into the auditorium, carrying posters. Are you kidding me? You're disrupting our symposium. Ezra stands up, turns around and writes morons on the chalkboard. Go home, children. The grown-ups are talking now.